Well, would you please pray with me? Now, Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. Amen. Well, good morning. So this year marks the 50th anniversary of the first landing on the moon. Maybe you knew that. Uh, And that's assuming, of course, you don't think it was faked, which I think those shadows maybe give that away. But anyway, 50 years, apparently. And it may be hard to believe, but unlike some of you, I'm actually too young to remember the Apollo space missions. At the beginning of the 1960s, President Kennedy set the audacious mission of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the Earth by the end of the decade. Well, not surprisingly, that proved to be a really difficult and dangerous challenge. In January of 1967, the crew of the Apollo 1 was inside the capsule on the launch pad, and they were running tests in hopes that the following month they would be able to blast off and be the first uh, three-man mission to orbit around the Earth. During the test, though, as they went through the checklist, a fire broke out, and a few seconds later, their cries of pain were heard, and all three astronauts sadly died. When you, go to, when you try to go to another world, it is incredibly dangerous. Well, as a result, two and a half years later, as Apollo 11 was preparing to take people to the moon, President Nixon made preparations uh, by assigning a columnist, William Sapphire, to write a speech titled, In the Event of Moon Disaster. The plan was that if anything went wrong, President Nixon would go on TV and he would read this speech while radio communications would be cut off to the astronauts and they would leave them to die while a minister would commend their souls to God. But as we all know, that's not what happened, right? It's not what happened. On July 20th, 1969, with less than 30 seconds of oxygen, or sorry, of fuel remaining, the lunar module touched down on the surface of the moon. And then Commander Neil Armstrong stepped down the ladder, placed his foot on the gray, powdery surface of the moon. And it was the first time a human had gone to another celestial body. And in his now famous words, Armstrong rightly said, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Well, a few days later, when Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and Michael Collins splashed down in the Pacific, the USS Hornet was waiting for them. And aboard the ship was none less than the president himself who wanted to personally welcome him home. And then there were big victory parades in New York, Chicago, and L.A. They attended a dinner with members of Congress, 44 governors, and the chief justice of the Supreme Court. And President Nixon gave each astronaut a presidential medal of freedom. What an incredible celebration. And it was because the human race had successfully completed the most significant and difficult technological achievement of all time. Today, though, we remember another even more significant and difficult accomplishment. When Jesus Christ accomplished his mission of love and redemption redemption, and went through the cloud and landed on heaven's shores, and all of heaven broke out in celebration. As we just heard in our Old Testament reading, the prophet Daniel was given a glimpse of that incredible moment, saying, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed." This week, the worldwide church of which we're a part 
celebrates Ascension Day. It's the triumphal return of Jesus Christ to heaven, his enthronement at the right hand of God, and the celebration that his mission was successfully accomplished. And we too have reached the ascension in our sermon series, We Believe. You might almost think that we planned it this way, maybe. We're looking at what it is that the Orthodox, uh, or Orthodox Christians have believed for 2,000 years as expressed in the 4th century Nicene Creed. And we're doing that because what we believe matters and what we believe about God matters most of all. It will define our very lives both now and for all of eternity. Now, you may not have ever known there was such a thing as Ascension Day, and that's okay. It probably falls low on the American totem pole of days to celebrate. In 2016, the predictions for holiday spending showed how much financial value we place on different holidays and perhaps just the value in general. At number seven came in uh, Halloween at $6.9 billion. Number six was Father's Day at $12.7 billion. Number five was perhaps second Father's Day, the Super Bowl, at $15.5 billion. Number four was Easter at $16.4 billion. Number three was Valentine's Day at $19.7 billion. It's amazing how much money guilt will buy. Uh, Number two is Mother's Day, just to prove that point, at $21.2 billion. And then number one, I don't know why they classify it this way, but it's called Winter Holidays. $626.1 billion. I'm assuming that's Christmas, Hanukkah, and Thanksgiving, all rolled into one. No sign of Ascension Day, though. I don't know if you went out and bought an Ascension Day card for someone this week. (laughs) And its cause isn't helped by the fact that it comes 40 days after Easter, which means it's always celebrated on a Thursday. It doesn't even get a Sunday. It falls between two of the greatest Christian feast days of all, Easter and Pentecost, which we'll celebrate next week. I think it's a bit like all you poor people who have a birthday in December. Anyone have a birthday in December here? You know, you probably feel a little bit shortchanged when your birthday comes around, right? Because someone combines Christmas and your birthday. During the Second World War, though, while he was imprisoned in a Nazi jail and awaiting execution, the German pastor and theologian and ultimately martyr Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote a letter on Ascension Day. And the letter begins this way. Today is Ascension Day, and a day of great joy for all who can believe that Christ rules the world and our lives. The question is, why is this a joyful occasion, even to a man incarcerated in the Nazi jail? And our gospel reading from Luke today makes it clear that the disciples, despite losing their Lord, their rabbi, and their friend, well, they also felt the same way as Bonhoeffer, Verse 52 of chapter 24 says this, they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Clearly, followers of Jesus experienced the ascension as a joyful event. So I think it's important that we understand the, uh, the importance of the ascension of Jesus. It gives us great hope and encouragement, and it can sustain us as it did the first disciples and then Bonhoeffer 1,900 years later, even when trials and suffering come our way. So first of all, I think we can be joyful because Christ's ascension to heaven gives us assurance that he is, as the head of the church, that he will take us up to be with himself. We are the members of his body. So all those who believe and follow him will one day be with him in heaven. As Jesus says in John chapter 14, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place 
for you. And as we heard in our reading from 1 Thessalonians, for this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Reflecting on these passages and the ascension of Jesus, Karl Barth, the foremost theologian of the 20th century, said this. Christ is now, as the bearer of humanity, our representative, in the place where God is and in the way in which God is. Our flesh, our human nature, is exalted in him to God. The end of his work is that we are with him above. Now, you know, in our 21st century postmodern world with so many questions, where doubt is generally considered more popular and appropriate than certainty, this is good news, friends. Good news. And too often we think that the people around us, our neighbors and our friends, they've got it all together. You know, they may not know the risen and ascended Jesus, but they're doing just fine without him. Not true, friends. The lack of assurance in their lives is, or soon will be, quietly eating away at them, gnawing inside of them as life begins to pass them by. And it will reveal itself through addictions, through broken relationships, through financial problems or a superficiality to life, perhaps depression or anxiety. The list goes on. These these people we know, they too need to hear the gospel, the full gospel of Christ risen from the dead, triumphing over sin and death upon the cross and risen to heaven. That Jesus has prepared a way for anyone who will repent and follow him to be with the Father for all of eternity, and that he has a plan for our lives now and forever. And we too need to know this sure and certain truth, to live as people assured of our salvation and our eternity with God, not racked with doubt or guilt, always wondering, have I been good enough? Have I been good enough? Friends, you cannot be good enough but you can have assurance that you too will rise as Jesus did if you will put your trust in him and follow him. Secondly, we can be joyful because we know that Christ's ascension means that he advocates for us in the presence of his Father in heaven. In John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, we read this. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And in Paul's letter to the Romans chapter 8, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. What is an advocate though? It's not really a word that we hear uh, all too often these days. Well, an advocate is someone who pleads the cause of another. They plead for someone else on their behalf. And this is what Jesus is doing right now on our behalf in heaven. All those of us who know Jesus, all those of us who've repented and chosen to follow him as their Lord and Savior, well, we're his children, dearly loved by him and made righteous in his eyes, and he pleads on our behalf. You see, the problem is we still sin, don't we? We still sin. As Paul puts it in Romans chapter 7, we do the things we do not want to do. I've shared before how I once had to discipline one of my kids 
for doing something wrong. I mean, I haven't just disciplined them once. They're not that good. <laughs> but once I disciplined them. And how they turned to me and said, but Daddy, I just can't stop being naughty. I just can't stop being naughty. And then just a week later, the same thing happened with another one of my kids, and we were praying and talking about God. And they said, Daddy, I just wish I could stop doing the things I don't want to do. Don't they echo the yearning of us all? Well, the good news of the ascension is that Jesus advocates for all his followers in heaven. He has paid the price for our sins already. And now we can be confident that the Father will hear his pleas and continue to love us as his children in spite of our sin. Well, finally, we can have joy because the ascended Jesus sends his Holy Spirit to assist us. In John chapter 16, Jesus tells his disciples, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Jesus knew that when he ascended to heaven, that he would return to them in the person of his Holy Spirit. And that with the assistance of this Spirit, his disciples would do even greater things than he had done on this earth. And to answer the question of my kids and also the situation, the Apostle Paul, it's by the power of the Spirit that we overcome sin in our lives, by which we seek the things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God and not things on earth. Now, I don't know about you, but I hope this is true for you also. But as a follower of Jesus, the longer I live in this world, the less I feel like I belong here. The longer I live here, the less I feel like I belong. There's this growing tension that I feel inside of me. You know, the language and the values and the customs and the expectations of this world, they feel more and more foreign to me. And it's because Christians are like aliens from another world. You know, Scripture tells us that this world, all of this that we see around us, it is not our home. Yes, it's real, but it's not our home. It's not the moon, no, but sometimes it might feel like it. It might feel alien to us. It is the new heaven and the new earth that Jesus will usher in in his second coming when he returns. Uh, he'll usher that in for his followers, whether dead or alive. That is our home. That is our home. And it's a very different place from this earth. But the good news is that in the meantime, as we struggle to live as people who don't belong, Christ is present by his Holy Spirit. He assists us at every turn. He'll help us to endure temptation and frustration and persecution and failure. His ascension means that we have the assistance we need to live out our faith today. We need not feel overwhelmed or under-supported. Friends, the ascension should encourage us all because we have assurance that we too will join him in heaven one day. Secondly, we know that he's our advocate in heaven, pleading on our behalf. And finally, that he's ready and willing to assist all of those who will turn to him by his Holy Spirit. Martin Luther once wrote, while Christ was on the earth, he was far away from us. But now he is in heaven, he is close to us. And in Bonhoeffer's Ascension Day sermon, he wrote, now Jesus is no longer king of the Jews, but rather king of the whole world. It means that from heaven, he reigns over his whole kingdom and is near, though not visible, and present to his church where it is scattered among Jews and heathen throughout all the world. 
He is close to us in his church, in his word, in his sacrament, in the love among brothers and sisters. Here he comforts us who are abandoned. Here he soothes our homesickness ever anew. Here he takes us who are estranged from God, who are in barren, empty places, who don't know the way, who are alone, and makes us joyful in his Christly presence. Christ's ascension offers joy and hope to a joyless and hopeless world. Yes, it may seem that everyone has it all together. And yes, there is a superficial happiness that people often project. But just below the surface, lurking in the shadows of their hearts, is a fear that they're missing the point and someone might find them out. And the ascension of Jesus is good news for everyone who feels this way. This week, why not take a chance and tell someone about the hope that you have found in Jesus Christ so that they too might know the true peace and joy of the risen and ascended Jesus. To quote Martin Luther again, it is indeed a great and a glorious comfort which every good and godly Christian would not miss or be without for all the honor and wealth in the world that we know and believe that Christ our high priest sits on the right hand of God praying and meditating for us without ceasing the true pastor and bishop of our souls, which the devil cannot tear out of his hands. For this glorious comfort and for the many blessings that Jesus lavishes upon his followers, we should join with the angelic choirs in heaven before the throne of Jesus and joyfully proclaim, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Amen.